How is everybody? Good. Good. All right. Well, Pinata should be joining us soon also. That sounds hey. like, like a good night. Yeah. So we'll have uh, the three of us tonight. <laughs> That's great. Definitely yeah. worth listening to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How are you all doing? Cold. Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's almost, well, it's almost cold enough to snow here. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm asking everybody to say a prayer for my aunt. She's not doing very well. She mm. has um, Alzheimer's and, and Lyme disease, and she may not be with us much longer. Done, Reddix. No problem. Thank you. Angelus. All right. Okay, well, uh, you probably got a lot of cool stuff to cover. I suppose <laughs> we can scoot and give you the reins here. Um, hope right. you have an awesome one. Always good to see you, Radix. Thank you. Thank uh, you. God bless. Keep her, keep her in your prayers for me. We'll do it. We'll do it. Do that. Thanks, God bless. You too. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. All right. So I don't see um, Pinata yet, but we might as well get started. He should be joining us. Uh, any minute. No, um, <laughs> praying mantis. Tonight's show does not focus on cannibalism. I swear. Uh, I promise. Not tonight, at least. Um, tonight, we're going to talk about uh, food wars, parlor, the perestroika deception, among other things. So this should be interesting for everybody, and I think that it's critical people understand this information now going forward. Um, and I've put in there two links to two different PDF books. So that should be um, helpful for everybody. Uh, you will be, I gave the full PDF books, so that's two of them for you guys from a Soviet defector, Anatoly, um, I forget how to say his last name, but he put out two books, uh, New Lies for Old and The Perestroika Deception. And these are so, he predicted basically like what's happening now. So that's what we're going to cover tonight. It's going to be really interesting. Because I don't think that this is um, very uh, well-known information. Uh, if you are not following me on Gab, I did put the uh, links to the show prep out there on Gab because I am not, um, I'm like still in Twitter jail for another like five days or something. <laughs> so um, gab.com slash digging deeper, also on YouTube, Radix Verum, uh, where we put the archives now uh, for this show. So tonight's show, this is what we're gonna be talking about, uh, Anatoly Galitsyn. Now, this is the first book, or I'm sorry, this is the second book he wrote, but um, this is more pertinent for tonight's show, The Perestroika Deception. Check this out. The world slides toward the second October revolution. What he means by that is the worldwide communist revolution. That will be the sec second uh, October revolution or second Red October. Um, and then, interestingly, remember this Economist cover from, like, 1988. And uh, it talked about January 1988, The Economist. Can Britain keep booming? 
It says, get ready for a world currency. But it also has here, Perestroika's first test. Now, that is fascinating. So the tonight's show, I'm calling it by way of deception, because that is the motto of Israel's Mossad, but it also describes the Soviet plan as well. When they pretended to have the, um, you know, collapse of the Soviet Union, which never really happened, that was actually a well-planned deception gambit to fool well, you, the West. Mm -hmm. You stumbled on something. What, I mean, I mean you, you jogged something for me is what I meant to say. Um, the... When you say a second Red October, you remember when they kept using Red October and then they said that the hunt for was dropped. This would basically yes. suggest that they knew that they were looking for what are they going to do? What are they going to try to pull at the end of the four years, at the end of this term? What were they going to try to pull? Yeah. And this, this suggests to me, like you're saying, if this is matching up, that they're basically saying this, they figured out, okay, this is what they're going to do. Yeah. And think about also rig for red. That could be describing several different things. Um, and it could be describing what they were doing, like the left, rig for red, meaning rig for communism, the Great Reset, right? Well, and that so or that they were like, um, think about red and black versus positive versus negative. Think like stock market. Ooh. Even the, that could even that could even yeah. tie in to the Great Reset. So they're rigging for red, which means I don't know they're going to what say, oh well, bankruptcy, and then like you've been talking about before, we're going to clear debt, but you're not going to own anything. Yeah. Right. The, and look here um, at this magazine cover. You've got this phoenix, and he's standing on top of, like, burning money. That's the huh? satanic birdie. That's the satanic bird, right? Yeah, yeah the that's phoenix. like with the, the, uh, the angel. Yeah, yeah the Yazidis yeah. worship that thing. Um, and so yes. this symbolizes, though, like, their um, the, 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 like, phoenix rising out of the ashes of, like, to create the new world, right? Well, this um, goes that goes back to the whole Osiris thing. That's the yeah. the phoenix bird, which uh, goes back to Egyptian Osiris and sun rays and that that whole thing. I always thought that Red October meant communism as well. Just chiming in on that. Yes, and so what we're going to cover tonight is a Soviet defector. He was very high up uh, in the Soviet Union, Anatoly Galitsyn. And he ended up defecting, but he was part of this like secret group within the KGB that planned this, what they call perestroika deception, which was the supposed collapse and fall of the Soviet Union, which he says was actually a reorganization of the Soviet Union and taking the approach of using a long-term long deception gambit to fool the West and make them think that communism died and, uh, you know, wasn't around anymore while they worked in the background with China to create their Eurasian plan. And, you know, we've talked about Belt and Road and stuff. So that ties into a lot of this stuff. And I just think that you guys will find what he has to say very interesting because he predicted a lot of the things that are happening now. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, 
and a secret proceedings. You guys know what this represents? Well, you and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy. America is governed by Americans. Infiltration instead of invasion. On subversion instead of elections. On intimidation instead of free choice. The corporate media in our country is no longer involved in journalism. For them, it's a war. And for them, nothing at all is out of bounds. Man will be what he was born to be. Free and independent. I see that hotcakes. <laughs> That's such a silly meme or sticker, whatever you call that. Um, and just to, to uh, reiterate what JFK was discussing there, the um, the worldwide communist conspiracy. He called it a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy, and he described the covert way that it operated. Uh, and that's basically what we get into tonight. He was very much correct. Um, I do not have a new song tonight, but I think this is one I haven't played in a while. And I love this, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. Psalm 64. Psalm 64. Hear my voice. Hear my voice, O God, in my prayer. Preserve my life from fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked, from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity, who wet their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows even bitter words that they may shoot in secret at the perfect suddenly do they shoot at him and fear not they encourage themselves in an evil matter they commune of lying snares privily they say who shall see them they search out iniquities they accomplish a diligent search both the inward thought of every one of them and the heart is deep but God shall shoot at them with an arrow, suddenly shall they be wounded. So they shall make their own tongue to fall upon themselves. All that see them shall flee away, and all men shall fear and declare the work of God, for they shall wisely consider of his doing. The righteous shall be glad in the Lord and shall trust in him, and all the upright in heart shall glory. Amen. Amen. <laughs> we were doing the 
wind chimes in the background. <laughs> so fun. Okay, so um, before we get into perestroika deception and uh, new new lies for old, um, I want to address Dev's comment. He says perestroika deception selling for eight hundred dollars on Amazon. Yes, um, the uh, physical copies are very hard to come by. They're quite expensive. Um, so I have included the PDFs for both of the books uh, in the show prep for everybody, full, the full PDFs of both books so you can read them. Uh, you, it's, you know, I obviously like to have the physical book because I like to hold the pages and I like to highlight and stuff that helps me. Um, it's harder for me to retain information when I'm reading it in electronic format for some reason. I, I don't know why. But um, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, I want to bring this up first. I've been telling everybody and talking about the food wars, right? The coming uh, food wars that I have warned everyone about. I told everybody in March, make sure that you've got like at least six months worth of food stocked up. And now we can just see how they're openly coming out and um, saying like, they want to take over the way that we do food and stuff. They're even saying here, look at this hashtag, hashtag resetting food. What? <laughs> we also had Cory Booker introducing a farming bill uh, where he wants to give $80 billion to, uh, to purchase, to have the government purchase land and then just give it to black people to farm. It's like, what? There are already farmers out there of all ethnicities and races, small farms that are being crushed right now. Why aren't you helping them? What is this crap? This There's white farmers, Indian yeah. farmers, Chinese farmers, like, mm. <sighs> All over as far as the uh, retaining information thing, I would have to assume that because you're using less of your senses while you're absorbing the information, I mean, that's hmm. yeah. less information to your brain, so there's less um, coming to you. And as far as the resetting okay. thing, um, think about what they're doing. They're they're trying to get they're eventually trying to cut out the grocery stores as a middleman. They're trying yeah. to go like all Amazon, where basically, okay, you're not participating the way you should be. Well, now you don't have food anymore. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> This is also a control mechanism in the form of like being able to, to gatekeep everything. You know, they want you to have to be reliant on them. It's, you know, I think of sort of like the welfare system and uh, why they set that up the way that they did. And of course, the reason is so that everybody is reliant on them because then, you know, if you need them for food, you know, for basic essentials to live, you're much less likely to say no to their absurd, insane demands of totalitarianism, which is, of course, what they want. That is, um, you know, that's the price that, they, that you're going to have to pay for their uh, great reset, right, where they claim they're going to get rid of debt. Yeah, right. Sure, they will. Um, not... So uh, it's just, you know, it is bizarre. That's, yeah. And it's upsetting, I think. Okay, let me get this stuff pulled up. 
All right, so um, I have a couple things on this. We might as well bring it all up at once since we're covering this. Let's start with this one here. This is Unilever and World Economic Forum want to control what you eat and is setting goals this weekend on how to achieve it. World Economic Forum, we have a unique moment, an opportunity to create a collective and ambitious vision for food systems. Unique moment and opportunity. Like Rahm Emanuel said, never let a crisis that you manufacture go to waste. We should be asking ourselves, what is the food equivalent of the 1.5 degree milestone and goal on climate change? By the way, uh, Joe Biden has announced that if he gets in uh, to office, that John Kerry will be his climate czar. John Kerry, who has like, um, you know, what, six yachts and stuff. Why is this not playing? Come on, you stinker. Look at this. They don't want me to show people this. <laughs> Come on. Really? Really? Uh, I don't, that was happening on Hope and Justice's show too, and you've clicked into it, so I don't know why that would even happen. What happens if you right click on it? Oh, Do you get an option for play? No, it won't let me play. Wow. It just does this loading thing, son of a bitch. Well, as you can see, a vision for food systems of the future. All right, let's see if I can get this to play. Too much sugar, too much salt. And right now we have a culture of giant portions. Waste is a major concern. Literally, it's insane. I mean, think about an oil company that pumps out the oil out of the ground and then throws away a third of it. Who the hell are these people? Who do they think they are? God. Exactly. <laughs> It was so important to have locally sourced food is because that is what we saw during oh, COVID. Dear Lord, they're going to pretend that they're for the local people, but that's not what they're about. That's not what they're for. Um, these people are sick and they don't want us to be able to eat meat or anything like that. They want to control all of the food, all of the water, all of the land. They want to own everything. And then they'll just dole you out little table scraps as long as you go along with the agenda. And then now, I became a Goodwill Ambassador for the United Nations International Fund for Agricultural Development, not because agriculture is particularly a trendy topic, although that is changing, but because food has the power to change real people's lives across Africa and developing nations, but also across Europe so and North America. The, the um, international aspect to this of reallocating resources to the third world and taking away from Americans, lowering our, our, lowering our standard of living so that everybody can be equal. Anything related to the United Nations is, is 
just evil. I'm sorry, but it is. And th this is a great deception and a great lie to uh, make you make you believe that they're doing all of this great work around the world, but yet, you know, for how many years now? A hundred years they've been donating to these African countries. They hold them down intentionally. This isn't, these aren't good deeds, you guys. The United Nations is very evil. I yeah. agree with you. You, you. That's the exact point I was about to make. I think they, they have to have this level of disparity so they can hang this out there and say, look, we have to do this because of this. See, yes. see, guys, we have to keep doing this because of this. But really, they're not helping them. They haven't even helped them in 30 years, 20, you know, 40 years, 50 years. 50, 70 years since they've been in existence, since the end of World War II. They've done nothing. And I think you're right. They have to try to package this as like, oh, this is going to be organic and healthy and good for you and local communities, blah, blah. That is a lie. This is all part of the great deception and Africa is so rich in natural resources and they've been raped. They have been raped by the world. They go in there and they, they steal it all. It's all very frustrating. I'm going to yeah. not go off right now, but uh, this is just, a, it's spitting in your face is what it is. It's communism, central planned economy, central planning of everything, government controlling and allocating all of everything. That is communism. Sorry, it just is. You know, it costs uh, more to buy a bottle of water in Africa than it does to buy a bottle of Coke. They control, Coca-Cola owns all of the water rights in Africa. Wow, that's disgusting. Here's Five the Unilever guy. Wings. Let me see if I can find his clip. Um, they're making me do it this way, these scumbags. Come on. Uh, now it's doing that again. Really? I'm just going to have to keep refreshing, aren't I? Yep. Oh, wait, <laughs> I can even do that. All right, let's see. Let's go down to this end here. Nope, won't let me. Son of a bitch, they don't want us to see this stuff. Well, the link is in your show prep. See if you can bring this up on your own. Look at this, though. Changing behavior, behavioral modification. How dare these people? How dare they? And, of course, they don't want us to be able to see this stuff. Come on. Really? Really? This has got to be a Twitter issue because I can't see them censoring the World Economic Forum. They want everyone to see this. You know what I mean? They want this propaganda, propaganda to get in front of everyone. So this seems like it's a Twitter issue, along with the Zoom oh, issues yeah. we've had today. Yeah. Jeez. This is insane. Nothing, right? Nothing. All right, well, let's move on. I don't want to waste time on that. The link is in your show prep. Y'all can bring that up um, later tonight, maybe when this stuff is working. You, I know that you guys, you don't want to hear this anyways, but you know, take the time to go through there because it's important. I mean, they're implementing this stuff right now. We have from today, New Mexico governor shuts down grocery stores for two weeks. Now, if you're somebody what? in the New Mexico area that listened to Patriot Soapbox back in March and this show specifically and did what I asked you to do or, or warned you to do and said you should be doing and stocked up on food at least a couple months if you can't afford to get six months of 
food to store, I'm warning you guys now, there are massive lines at food banks across the country, people sitting in their cars waiting 10 hours to get food from a food pantry. You don't do that unless you are desperate. People are losing everything. Small businesses are being destroyed. We've already talked about why there's going to be food shortages, crop failures, uh, supply chain disruptions, and many other things that are contributing to this. So um, if you listened and you uh, heeded my advice, you would, if you're in the area of New Mexico, you should be okay. You'll have some emergency backups. But I've warned this is coming and it, this will continue to happen and get worse. We also have truckers that are going to be going on strike because they're fed up with this stuff. So that's also going to affect um, supply chains because Rooster has talked about they have this, this thing called like just-in-time delivery, basically where that our supply chains rely on constant restocking. They have just enough like to get by. I forget what he called it, but um, he's, he's talked about this before. It's just in, just time. in time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, think about this, you guys. So the, the point of the deep state Illuminati, cabal, whatever name you want to give them, is to bring about pain and to bring about change. And so they know that right now Americans don't have money. They know that Americans are unemployed. They know that Thanksgiving is coming up. They know that this is a time for family and for celebration and a time for giving thanks. And this is psychological warfare. It It, it, is, it is warfare because that, that is the tactic that's used um, whenever you've got, you know, a detainee or, you know, someone in your custody that you're going to deprive them of food, you're going to deprive them of water, you deprive them of family interaction, um, you know, that that is what this is. So, you know, I, I can't even believe that they can legally get away with this. I mean, you can, how long does it take to die of starvation? It's, this should be criminal. What they're doing is disgusting. There's no reason for this. It's tyrannical and it's wrong. Um, they're doing this to, uh, I think, all of the grocery stores in the state. It says a dozen grocery stores around the state have been forced to close for two weeks because of a public health order issued by Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham at a time when the state's residents are suffering from record high unemployment and food insecurity. Also, let's just shut down the grocery stores for two weeks when we know people have maybe a couple days worth at most food. The order requires businesses with four or more rapid responses of COVID cases reported within a 14-day period to close for two weeks. More than 25 essential businesses were shut down as of Monday, including a number of grocery stores and major retailers. The closures include two Walmarts in Albuquerque and one in Santa Fe, in Albertsons in Roswell, a Smith Food and Drug Center in Albuquerque, and a New Mexico Food Distribution Center. So that's a um, food pantry. They're shutting that down too. This is disgusting. Americans, Americans are not accustomed to going hungry. Let's just be clear about that. They're, this is riot material here. Yeah. Now they had, um, 
made, they made people do the social distancing to the point where they were only allowing like a couple people in the store at a time. So they had people standing in line at these stores for up to two hours. That is insanity. So that's tyrannical shit happening. This is communism. It just is. That's what I'll say. Then we've got uh, BCFN Foundation, uh, Barilla Center for Food and Nutrition. The future of food is growing with us. Hashtag food waste. Hashtag climate change. Hashtag sustainable diets. By sustainable, they mean population control. That's what you need to be thinking about when they're talking about sustainability. That's communist code word for population control. On December 1st, join 30 plus leading experts, whatever that means, farmers and chefs and food businesses who will discuss the trends and solutions for resetting food systems. Oh, but the Great Reset I thought was just a crazy conspiracy theory. Here it is. The resetting the food system. And look who we have here. Jeffrey Sachs. Lovely. Another future is possible if we dare to imagine it. The future of the global food system is in our hands. Okay. The Berea Foundation and Food Tank, like Think Tank, but Food Tank, invite you to join the global conversation, because, of course, everything is about globalism. Um, then they had this one, another shortage of, of, of this food may be coming soon. That was from three days ago, meat shortages. Some food industry experts are predicting COVID and holiday-related hoarding may lead to another meat shortage as 2020 draws to a close. Again, if you have been following this show in particular in this channel, you will be prepared for this because I just, I don't know how many times I have to keep warning about this, talking about this, writing articles about this. And some of you guys at the time called me a concern fag or you know you're upset that i'm not telling you what you want to hear and lying to you excuse me and i got called negative being negative i'm going somewhere else because she's being negative well congratulations fools the thing is is that i mean if you really like if you sat down and you went to like um, InfoUSA or whatever, one of you know the big databases that list all the different companies, and you looked, you know, there's there may be thousands of different um, meat producers that are out there, but and how do you control them? You can control them with a virus, right? You can say, well, some people tested positive in your plant, therefore your plant is shut down, and if you did that across enough of them, that would automatically cause a shortage. If you did that across all other type of food industries as well, that would cause a shortage. So again, I can't help but emphasize how brilliant this plan was by 
whoever, the Chinese, the left Illuminati cabal, whatever you want to call them, to implement this plan of this virus that um, shuts down our country. And I can't help but notice that they're bringing all of this suffrage around the world to the United States. They want us to feel the same pain that the rest of the world has felt. But, you know, we're a prosperous country. We work hard. We we work harder than most other countries in the world. There's no reason for this to occur in our country. This is about power and control. And I guarantee you that if you found the thousand companies or whatever number it is of meat producers out there and you looked, many of them probably have had a recent change of CEOs within, I would say, the last five years. I believe you'd also find their links to the deep state cabal Illuminati, Freemasonry, whatever you want to call it, they're 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 being controlled too. It's it's frightening, you guys. We, I keep saying, if if I had the means, I would go find myself a piece of property out in the middle of nowhere. I'd get my own animals and and grow my own food. And if I had young children, I would be homeschooling them. Like that's where we're at. And actually, that's how you live a satisfying life, not living in a crappy, you know, ghetto apartment <laughs> like I. Them, you know that's 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 life this isn't life this is slavery yeah that's what this is and that's what they want they want to bring in slavery and um they really want to imitate the conditions that were imposed on germany before uh hitler came in in world war ii if you were, have uh, studied the weimar republic i told you before things got so bad there and people were so desperate for money for food that they were prostituting their children it was literally a prostitution tourism industry where men would come from around the world to the weimar to uh rape kids and their parents would willingly sell their children into prostitution for bread that's what they want here so that you're willing to, to accept anything. Um, and so, they would be willing to report their neighbors. <laughs> for extra rations, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's what the COVID tracking thing is too. That's all part of it, setting up the Stasi system, you know, like the uh, East German Stasi or the Soviet Cheka, which morphed into the KGB. Um, but it was first the Cheka, which was their secret police, and that they had a network of informants around the country. And, um, you know, it, it, it got to the point where families, like you didn't know if your sons or daughters were informants. So you couldn't even talk to your own family, like say how you feel within your own household or to your neighbors or to your cousins, brother, whatever. I mean, husband and wives even, that is insanity and it's satanic and it's evil. Um, so as you can see, this is coming from uh, MSN just from three days ago saying there may be meat shortages now. It says, March may seem like a lifetime ago or just yesterday, depending on how you may have weathered this strange year, but one thing will surely remain a vivid memory. The grocery and supply shortages we've experienced in the first months of the COVID lockdowns from cleaning supplies and toilet paper of flour and yeast staple items for most supermarket shelves um, amid panic buying. One important staple that was also uh, in short supply was meat. Not only were people buying more of it, but meat producers 
face major disruptions in their operations. Remember, they have these meat processing plants. There's only nine in the whole country that all the meat has to go through. And these processing plants were shut down. They had laid off workers. Smithfield was the largest one. Um, we were just at the store the other day, and there's a, lo a lot of these like cleaning supply shelves are totally like empty, completely empty. So I don't What's know it? what that means. I think Smithfield is owned by China now too, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it absolutely is 100% owned by China now. So there's that. Isn't that nice? Um, that should never, ever, ever happen to our, yeah. uh, not to something that's so critical to our infrastructure like food. I just. Yeah. And medicines, 90% of the, um, the main ingredients for our medicines was coming from China. How is that possible that that was allowed to happen? But I'll tell you, it was by design because they want the world dependent on each other. So they have this internationalism go going. They're supranational governments, the world government, so that not one country can be independent on its own because they want to destroy national sovereignty. Well, that's how you do it. You make the people in that country reliant on other countries. Um, this is coming from Spiro, a 2017 Bill Gates interview at Davos. He talked about pandemics, bioterrorism, dark winter, RNA vaccines. This is insane. How is this man not in jail? If this is going to let me even play it, so let's see. Ah, uh, come dark on. Dark winter, huh? He says dark winter. He talks about pandemics and bioterrorism. This was in 2017 at Davos. It's criminal. Come on. No. It's not letting me play. Well, it's in your show prep. I have the links in there, guys. Make sure that you, um, when Twitter's working again, that you go and watch this or try to look up Bill Gates' interview from Davos 2017. He should be in jail for this. Do you remember what he said about Dark Winter? What? Uh, what? Do you remember what he said about Dark Winter? No. I have <laughs> to, I'll go back and it. look at I'm going to look at it. This is insane. I mean, how... It's obvious that these people had foreknowledge of what was going to happen. You're, in 2017, he knew that there was going to be pandemics. He, he knew to bring up dark winter. Come on. I mean, this is just ridiculous. Then we have this disturbing satanic image. All birthing bodies are powerful and important. This is a dude, a black dude, and this is a white woman. This is not possible. No. And look at the little uh, wreath leaves around it, just like the Soviet uh, symbolism here. What the hell? And it has hairy legs. This is insane. There, it's evil. It's evil. Good Lord. So um, this was read uh, into um, the congressional record in 1963. Again, the fortuitous year that JFK was killed. Uh, current communist goals. Let's just read some of it. We're not going to read all of it. Development 
uh, developed the illusion that total disarmament by the United States would be a demonstration of moral strength. Moral strength, F off. Um, grant recognition of red China, admission of red China to the UN. Well, that happened. Promote the UN as the only hope for mankind. This again, these are communist planks. Resist any attempt to outlaw the communist party. Do away with all loyalty oaths. Continue giving Russia access to the U.S. Patent Office. Good Lord. Capture one or both of the political parties in the United States. That occurred. It was both parties, the neocons and the Democrats. Neocons are Trotskyites. Democrats are more Marxist-Leninist, but it's all Soviet communism. Use technical decisions in the courts in the courts to weaken basic American institutions by claiming their activities violate civil rights. That's called lawfare, technical decisions of the court's lawfare. Get control of the schools. Use them as transmission belts for socialism and current communist propaganda. Soften the curriculum. Get control of the teachers' associations. Put the party line in textbooks. Guys, this was written in 1963. How many of these have they accomplished? It's stunning. You and this, are, this information isn't just like, this isn't one example. This is all over the place. You, If you really spend a few minutes and dig for, you know, new world order or totalitarian or communist agenda, this is, this is it, guys. This is, it's everywhere. Yeah, that's right. And I don't understand how people knew about this stuff. Um, but like, if this was read into the congressional record in 1963, how come people haven't been seeing this like manifesting and coming to fruition? I mean, I guess they have. And um, our politicians are just criminals. You our politicians are in bed with them. Yeah, that's right. They're getting paid off. What, what year was it read into the record? 1963. Did Joe Biden read it in himself or something? What's, uh... <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. Use student riots to foment public protest against programs or organizations which are under communist attack. Hello, student riots. Black Lives Matter, anybody? Antifa, anybody? I mean, that's basically what that is. So many of those people are dumb college kids. And that happened in the 60s as well, right? Think yeah. about uh, the war protests and that whole thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the um, anti-Vietnam War stuff. Oh, yeah. Infiltrate the press. Get control of book review assignments, editorial writing of policymaking decisions. Gain control of key positions in radio, TV, and most motion pictures. Continue discrediting American culture by degrading all forms of artistic expression. An American communist cell was told to, quote, eliminate all good sculptures from parks and buildings, substitute shapeless, awkward, and meaningless forms. 
That tear down all those statues. No, yeah. no General Lee. No oh, Andrew Jackson. Lord. No Abraham Lincoln. But it's okay yeah. to have that Mark statue. Yeah, right. Or the Museum of Modern Art with their tea art and period blood art. Good lord. And their hairy Just, cups. Oh yeah. <laughs> Our plan is to promote ugliness, repulsive, meaningless art. <laughs> it's just so relevant. Oh my word. Like Which, this, again, hello, this picture right here. But I mean, think about it. They're trying to remove the beauty and joy of life, right? That's what it is. It's so it's really sad. That's yeah. how sad and sick these people are is that you they don't want you to look at a beautiful piece of art. They don't they don't want you to find the beauty of life. They want you to see what did they say? How did they say it? Ugly, meaningless, awkward. There you go. That's what they're that's what they intend your life to be. Oh, and repulsive. Okay. <laughs> nice. Um eliminate all laws governing obscenity by calling it censorship and a violation of free speech and free press. So that's all part of promoting uh, vice and degeneracy, break down cultural standards of morality by promoting pornography and obscenity in books, magazines, motion pictures, radio, and TV, present homosexuality, degeneracy, and promiscuity as normal, natural, healthy, infiltrate the churches, and replace revealed religion with quote-unquote social religion, discredit the Bible, and emphasize the need for intellectual maturity, which does not need a quote-unquote religious crutch discredit the American Constitution by calling it inadequate, old-fashioned, out of step with modern needs, a hindrance to cooperation between nations on a worldwide basis, discredit the American founding fathers, present them as selfish aristocrats who had no concern for the common man, belittle all forms of American culture, and discourage the teaching of American history on the ground that it was only a minor part of the quote-unquote big picture. Give more emphasis to Russian history since the communists took over. Support any socialist movement to give centralized control over any part of the culture, education, social agencies, welfare programs, mental health clinics, etc. Wow. Discredit and eventually dismantle the FBI. Wow. Infiltrate and gain control of more unions. Infiltrate and gain control of big business. Well, that happened. Transfer some of the powers of arrest from the police to social agencies. Holy crap, guys. Treat all behavioral problems as psychiatric disorders which no one but psychiatrists can understand or treat dominate the psychiatric profession and use mental health laws 
as a means of gaining coercive control over those who oppose communist goals. Guys, we've seen this red flag laws, et cetera, discredit the family as an institution, encourage promiscuity and easy divorce, emphasize the need to raise children away from the negative influence of parents, attribute prejudices, mental blocks, and retarding of children to suppressive influence of parents create the impression that violence and insurrection are legitimate aspects of the American tradition, that students and special interest groups should rise up and use united force to solve economic, political, or social problems. You're reading a timeline of 2020, right? That, that's what you're doing right now. It's, so, it's on point. <laughs> I, I was just thinking the same thing. Right? I mean, all the way down to the community policing thing. Where it's, yes. we don't need cops. We just that that's purely a psychological issue. We need to bring some counselors down there. And, oh my god! Uh, right, social workers. <laughs> yep. Oh, this is it's stunning, guys. Overthrow all colonial governments before native populations are ready for self-government. Internationalize the Panama Canal. Repeal the Connolly Reservation so the United States cannot prevent the world court from seizing jurisdiction over nations and individuals alike. And it's labeled there, the current communist goals. Those are still the current communist goals. Those will always be the current communist goals until they achieve it. And they won't stop until they do or until we take them down. Like. That's yeah. what it's at. <laughs> oh, my God. This was just disgusting and insane. Here, this one, that has happened. Um, where did it go? Uh, uh, permit free trade between nations, regardless of communist affiliation, and regardless whether or not items could be used for war. That's, that's happening. Provide American aid to all nations, regardless of communist denomination. That's happening. We give foreign aid to communist countries. Uh, it's socialist countries. Why? These people are our enemies. They see themselves as our enemies. Um, we had last night, I don't know uh, how many people saw this, uh, John Gilbert Getty, that's the Getty heir, the heir to the Getty fortune, dead at 52, found in a hotel. Um, that's disturbing. And these two books by Anatoly Galitsyn, the strategy reflects the central strategic objective of asserting irreversible Russian-Soviet hegemony over Eurasia, that's Russia, China, thus establishing the primary geographical component of the intended world government. Also, by Eurasia, think European Union, Russia, China, uh, India, all the countries over there, Eurasia, it's basically everybody except the United States. All right, let me pull this up. So one thing I just want to say is like, I know these are like deep topics and they're, you know, they give me great anxiety. 
Um, and I've, you know, tried to talk to my family and stuff about it. And, you know, like my mom, she'll come back and say, well, you know, I'm old. I just want to live, you know, the rest of my life. I don't want to worry about these things. And I get that. I, I really do. But, you know, these, these are problems that this is a plan that they've had in place for a long time. And it's, we have to stop it. That's where we're at. It, it can't continue to go on this way. Their plan has almost become complete. Yeah, I don't understand how people can read those like communist planks and like not see what's happening and not be disturbed by that. And not, you know, and not object to it either. So I think that many people are disturbed by it, but they think, you know, well, there's nothing we can do about it. So it is what it is. And, you know, I, we really have to stand up and we need to say, no, this is not acceptable. We will not comply. We will not go along with this. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't know where this is all going to lead to us. I mean, I truly have faith and in my president, in my military, in my what's good of my government, and in all of you, that you know we're going to finally put our foot down and say no more. We're done. Yeah, we have to, or they're just going to keep imposing this stuff on us, and we're not going to have a country. And um, you know, like you has told people, if America falls the world falls this is it there is nowhere else to go to there's nowhere to escape to this is it um i had that realization a couple months ago i thought well you know if if it really gets bad here well then i'll just go to another country and i started thinking yeah. about it there's nowhere you can go and even if there's a country that isn't like under this type of attack right now they soon eventually will be there is nowhere else to go. America is the last stand. It, it really is. I mean, think about it. And, you know, I think, where would you, you know, take your wife or your husband or your children? How would you protect them in a world of communism, socialism, and this new world order? You will have nowhere you can go. That's right. The other thing is they're not even really letting people travel right now. Um, a lot of countries, they're not letting like new people come into their country. Uh, a lot of these other countries are on like still on lockdown. And um, yeah, I think that's accurate. You know, even if you were to find a place that has not totally been taken over by these people, they soon will be. So there's no point trying to go anywhere. You know, it's like, this is it. We fight to defend and hold this place or that's it. There's no point in running somewhere and then having to face the same thing just a couple years down the line when it does come there. Um, so that, I think that that's important to keep in mind. So this is what he looks like, John Gilbert Getty. I, I yeah. don't want to um, criticize his appearance that much, but let's just say he doesn't look 52. He looks a little bit older. <laughs> um, found in Hotel Dead, John Gilbert Getty, one of the heirs to the Getty fortune, has died. And um, remember the thing that Q posted about the like families that control California? There's like four of them. The Gettys are one of them. This is where you get all the Getty images, right? Yeah. So they're they're gazillionaires. That's the best way oh, to yeah. say it. 
definitely. And uh, they have a lot of um, of weird, like, copyrighted images. I don't know how they get all of this stuff, but I guess they have a, um, it must be like a photography thing. I believe they're, they they're like, they're, they've been a, a longstanding publishing family and now they have Getty images. So photographers submit their images and then they sell them for like copyright and, and all that. But I believe they're okay. a big publishing family, kind of like the hearse, if I'm not mistaken, I'll Google it real quick. Yeah, so, they, but point being, they've got a lot of money. <laughs> also, um, oh no, I'm sorry, that's Guinness. I was going to say Ray Chandler's husband was a Getty, but I think that's the Guinness family. Uh, so, um, law enforcement sources tell us John passed away Friday in San Antonio after he was discovered unresponsive in a hotel room. We're told no foul play is suspected at this point, and the cause of death is pending an autopsy. The family broke the news through a representative saying, with a heavy heart, Gordon Getty announces the death of his son, John Gilbert Getty. They add John was a talented musician who loved rock and roll. He will be deeply missed. John's other brother, Andrew, died in 2015 from meth intoxication and his mother Anne died from a heart attack just this past September. What is going on with this family? Hello. Oh, they're, they're uh, listen to this. So they were an oil family. So it was Getty Oil. That's where they got their riches from. Really? Which is very interesting. Yeah. Uh, big oil company that's, uh, they came to the United States and got into oil. Wow. And you know, data is the new oil. So that's also interesting with this like Getty Images thing. Um, he was one of the descendants of J. Paul Getty, the oilman whose art collection served as the basis for the Getty Museum in L.A. There you go. Not, not much is known about John Gilbert other than the fact that he bounced around in L.A., jumping from one multi-million dollar home to the next. Oh, and he apparently was pals with Governor Gavin Newsom. There you have it. Maybe they were doing meth together. The Getty family fortune is estimated to be north of $5 billion these days, and there are still several living heirs between children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. John Gilbert is survived by his daughter, Ivy Getty, and his brothers, Peter and Billy. He was 52. So we don't even know how he died. He's just found unresponsive in a hotel room. That's, you know... A little bit bizarre. So they were once the richest family in the world. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. Lord. Multi-billion dollar international oil empire. Wow. One of the wealthiest cool. individuals in the world. That's crazy. I don't... Yeah, I'll have to do some more research on them. I remember digging on that family a long time ago, but... 
um, there's other stuff that happened too. So um, let's see, they struck oil and then less than 20 years later, he was on his deathbed after witnessing the suicide of his oldest son, the death of his daughter-in-law due to heroin overdose and the famously gruesome kidnapping of his grandson. That's what, what? happened, right? Which included his ear being chopped off. That's right. Remember this story? We covered this a long time ago where um, it was two... Oh, let me keep going. So born in 1892. What was the Getty? I think there was a um a ransom. Wow. That's weird. What the hell? Their family has some bizarre, we'll just say stuff going on. Um $17 million ransom. And he was kidnapped by the the Italian mafia. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Interesting. So there's probably oh. mafia connections to this family. Wait, is it this guy? His name is Jay Paul Getty the third. Yes. His, he's the one that had his ear cut off. Oh wow! That's the father. Interesting. Holy cow! That's creepy. So there's been a lot of weird stuff going on with that family. Um, but the kidnapping part, that wasn't, that was, you said that was 1800s, right? No, no, this was, um, let me see, here's That wasn't, article. that wouldn't have to do anything with all the, the, the Hearst stuff, was it, would it? No, it wasn't, I don't think it was the Hearst stuff. Okay. Apparently they kidnapped him and mailed his ear and a lock of hair. Oh my no, God. No, that wouldn't have been that one. From um, the ransom. The other, yeah, the other one was oh. Patty, Patty Hearst or something. Chris says there was something fairly recent about a tunnel and guns around the house. Yes, it was by, It was in a Getty-owned house. That's right. Uh, they found a weapons cache. Yeah. Um, that, that was like last year. It was in 2019. Um, yeah, and then we was, never heard anything else about that or what that was for. Yeah, that was like right over by West Hollywood and, uh, and Beverly Hills. Yeah. It, very bizarre stuff. Um, this is important, uh, coming from um, President Trump's campaign, Pennsylvania, Arizona, and Michigan legislators to hold public hearings on the 2020 election. Uh, Giuliani says it's in everyone's interest to have a full vetting of the election irregularities and fraud. Wow. The um, legal team today announced that the state legislators in PA, Arizona, and Michigan will hold public hearings on the election beginning tomorrow and next week in an effort to provide confidence that all of the legal votes have been counted and illegal votes have not been counted. So that begins tomorrow, uh, the 25th, in Ge uh, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania where each um, senator will give a five-minute opening statement followed by testimonies from witnesses that filed affidavits. Buckle up, folks. Something big may be coming tomorrow. Code Monkey tweeted out, yes, there were Dominion employees working in our tabulation center. We rely on Dominion's expertise to ensure we can provide an accurate, reliable election for Maricopa County voters. Wow, for real, they actually said that. Uh, another question that I'd, that I'd like to ask, Mr. Chair, again, this relates to, relates to the Dominion issue. Mr. Liddy has spoken to the, the opportunity of, of uh, plaintiffs to raise issues with Dominion software. First of all, um, 
there were their Dominion personnel who were at the elections department able to move about freely. Can you speak to that? Because that's another thing that I've heard about. So Mr. Chairman, Supervisor Gates, so Mr. Valenzuela and I both oversee um, the tabulation system. And yes, there were Dominion employees working in our tabulation center. And I equate Dominion, they are the subject matter experts. I value that partnership, this contractual relationship, the decisions, the work that they make that's done under the oversight of both Mr. Valenzuela and myself and our tabulation team. But it's like any private public partnership. We rely on the best in class, the subject matter experts to do the work. You could look back through the history of America and these private public partnerships are what make great options for people what? to use our telephone systems, the internet. Here this in is word salad Phoenix. bullshit. Phoenix Sky Harbor, right? The this city is, of Phoenix. Yeah, what the hell is he no, talking about? No, no, no. He, he, he's, he, that's panic. What, he, what he's doing right now is talking and talking and filibustering because he has literally nothing to say to it. He's not addressing it, and he's, that is pure panic. Yeah, I none of that made sense. None of it. Private partnerships. That's called fascism. Right. It, you see, you see, you see that, he, and they slipped. He slipped into politispeak, right, and platitude talk, right. Did you hear it? The public-private yep. partisanship. Yeah. See that that, and then, and then said nothing. And he's making sure, by the way, to put all of this on Dominion. Well, they're the experts. I just relied on them. I did nothing. <laughs> Come right, on. so he plays it up like this is the okay. American dream, uh, right? Uh, <laughs> they try to make it like this is the no. American dream. This is this is capitalism. This is what you know. This is how America works. No, you have a responsibility to make it's sure not. that if you're going to partner with a company or a corporation or whatever, that they're going to do a good job. You don't hire them knowing that they've got issues and that there's going to be fraud in a massive, important election, like. I didn't even realize this was happening in Maricopa County because I'm in Maricopa County. So this is just really annoying. Wow. And also, That's Radix, so I don't know. Up. You got a little bit of garble. I don't know what it is. Like if there's a cable or something you can jiggle, but every now and then it goes a little crackly on everyone. Hmm. Oh, great. I'll let you know if it happens again. Uh, all right. Uh, the airport, but we don't have City of Phoenix employees flying planes, right? We have these uh, private companies that bring in their planes. They hire the pilots. They hire the experts to fly. We as passengers trust that these experts are going to get us to our destination safely. What? And that is the case with Dominion. These individuals know the software better than us. Um, we, they train our employees through the, through the contractual relationship. We rely on their expertise to ensure that we have a we can provide a accurate, reliable election for Maricopa County. Okay. Where did we go off into La La Land talking about planes? This is, you're right. This is panic. That is not normal. Um, what the hell is this? The mysterious monolith? Good Lord, what is happening? 
They have no <laughs> idea. In a remote part of Utah, they have no idea who put it there. Is this for real? Yeah, Thumper covered this last night. So basically these guys were doing like, um, they work for the Department of Agriculture or something and they were flying over this, you know, very rural area. One of the pilots saw this thing and they landed the helicopter and went to check it out. And they won't say where it is because uh, they it's out in a very remote area. They're worried people will try to go there and get lost. Uh, and there's no writing on it. There's nothing. Although it is interesting that it is in the shape of a triangle. But yeah, yep. really weird. This is like 2001 Space Odyssey. <laughs> Yeah, because they show the clip. Mm -hmm. They show the clip where they compare the monkeys and everything doing the, which is kind of funny too, because Bill Cooper talks about that of being a basic playbook of the the New World Order. Yeah. Yeah, where they're they're explaining their belief system of what they think, like they believe in evolution and stuff. And all this other crap. This is creepy. Huh. Yeah, no idea how it got there, who put it there, what its purpose is. Uh, weird. And then look, it goes through like the CBS eye. Right, yeah. <laughs> look at this. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> oh, my word. That is crazy. All right, let's go back to. Um, We'll go back to the show prep. This is just wild. Um, this is the next thing I wanted to show everybody. This plays into what we were talking about, the rise and fall of the U.S. dollar. The goal between uh, Russia and China, of course, is to um, destroy the petrodollar, but also the, the U.S. dollar uh, as a reserve currency to, again, um, overtake the West and the United States and prop up the yen. Uh, And so here you can see, though, how all of these things just slowly destroyed the dollar, beginning with 1913 and the creation of the Federal Reserve private banking conglomerate uh, and cartel. And everything you see in pink, these are recessions. These are created recessions, by the way. So here, you know, you had the $100 bill actually worth $100, but the purchasing power is stripped away from it as these um, recessions are created. This isn't a natural cycle. Wall Street crash, Black Thursday, 1933. Look at the timing, too. This big recession is right before we begin World War II. Then the Bretton Woods Agreement, that further reduces the purchasing power of the dollar, oil crisis in the 70s and 80s, same thing. The dot-com bubble, same thing. Um, uh, Lehman Brothers collapse and QE infinity, where they're just printing money, you know, for everything. Longest U.S. expansion, uh, Trump's tax cuts. So here we can see the recessions in pink. Look at this. And each time the purchasing power is whittled away at until it's worth nothing. That's where we're at in 2019. From here, 1913, and it's just straight downhill. That's not natural. It's not normal. This is warfare being waged against us. 
unbelievable that people don't see that. Okay, so I have the links here for these two books. The first one he put out was called New Lies for Old. An ex-KGB officer warns how communist deception threatens survival of the West. And then he also published after that the Perestroika Deception, the world's slide, the world, world slide toward the second October revolution, Welk October. Anatoly Galitsyn, author of New Lies for Old. So um, I want to bring this up. We're going to look at an article that talks about this uh, called The Perestroika Deception Behind the Mask Part One. And um, those links there are for the actual, let me just show you guys, PDFs of the book. I have arrows pointing for each one. So this link goes to this book, and then this bottom link goes to this book. Then the little arrows show you what the links are for, and then this one has its link here. This is critical to I'll understand. Oh, come on. Really? There we go. Um, okay. Oh, come on, you little stinker. Really? Uh, okay, so I got that one. Bring this up. Now, obviously, we're not going to read like the um, the the full books here. I mean, these are hundred, four hundred pages for the first book, and several other hundred pages for the the second one. But I want to just be able to uh, bring it up and kind of flip through it to show you guys what it talks about. Uh, Perestroika Deception was um, published in 1988, the year I was born, coincidentally. That's how uh, old this information is, though. All right, so um, the Perestroika Deception, Behind the Mask, Part 1. This was published in July 2019, uh, and it starts out saying Putin is a proven fraud and communist. Russia and China in final preparations for military conquest of the West. And you can see here uh, in, in this image, they've got the hammer and sickle there, right there in the star. And they're, it's like they're advertising it like quietly that this, the Soviet Union never collapsed, it never went away. Their symbols are right in front of you for crying out loud. Uh, a truly peaceful nation does not speak and act in warrior terms, although the East expends much effort in pretense of virtue, the script of the long-range communist stra deception strategy or perestroika deception as revealed with a predictive success of 94%. That's how right he was in his uh, two books here. New Lies for Old and the Perestroika Deception. He got a 94, like 94% correct in his predictions. Um, That's scary. Yeah. By Soviet defector, Mr. Anatoly Galitsyn, the mask slips. This is unavoidable because, as our blessed Lord said in divine wisdom, 
For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh by their fruits, you shall know them. Accordingly, Putin is uh, clearly presaged, um, is clearly presaged uh, delectation of Western conquest and the ravages of war told Western journalists in 2008 that their wives should learn how to cook cabbage soup. He told Western observers who refused to monitor the forthcoming election, widely seen as a sham, that they should teach their wives how to cook cabbage soup. In 2016, he revealed his true communist credentials in declaring his like of communist and socialist doctrine. Quote, and for all you people who think Putin's like a good guy, wake up. He said in 2016, you know that I, like millions of Soviet citizens, over 200 million was a member of the Communist Party of the USSR. And not only was I a member of that party, but I worked for almost 20 years for an organization called the Committee for State Security, Putin said, referring to the KGB. I was not, as you know, a party member by necessity, he said. So he didn't do it because he had to do it. He then says, I liked communist and socialist ideas very much, and I like them still. Also, in 2016, Putin made public evangelization illegal. Mr. Uh, Henu Hukula, president of the Great Commission Media Ministry, says, quote, this new situation resembles the Soviet Union in 1929, at that time, confession of faith was permitted only in church, meaning you're not allowed to preach on the streets, right? You can't go out and evangelize to people. What year was this book written? Uh, th um, this is talking about the first book, which was published, let's see, um, uh, Looks like it's an older book, so I would think maybe like 60s or 70s or something. Probably in the 70s. I think he defected in 61. I don't see any kind of, um, I don't see the uh, the publishing date on this for some reason. Hmm. Yeah, it doesn't say. And then the other one was in 1988. So... Probably this one in the 70s, I would say. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's just stunning when you think about it. And then looking at that in light of this, what, what's going on today, 94% accurate. That is stunning. The hard part, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, <laughs> I was just going to say that the hard part about it is that, like, we do rely on hearsay of... Uh, Putin and communism and you know I I have no idea I I'm not Russian I have no idea but uh, it, I know people from Ukraine and they have a lot of uh, fear and angst against um, Russia and Putin really? yeah so I mean 
I, I don't I don't know. I, is he a good guy, bad guy, white hat, black hat? I have no idea. But he did uh, reinstate religion. And I mean, he's even been seen in churches and worshiping. And so maybe at one time, you know, while he was in the KGB, maybe he was a hardcore communist at that time. And perhaps perhaps i'm not saying he did i'm just speculating here but perhaps he had a change of heart at some point in time in his life i don't know yeah it would explain the way we've had interactions with uh in the past four years and um, not really had so many issues that's true that's a one point um however i think that we have to be very careful here because putin is very smart at um at hiding who he is i mean he covered up his past chechen his chechen war crimes that was totally covered up for years um and and you know i think that our perception of him is very skewed by what they want us to believe of them the soviets are masters of propaganda and deception always keep that in mind uh, but it is possible that in in some aspects that they could be working together with us, certainly on things like ISIS and stuff. But you don't want to make the mistake of thinking that they are an ally. They're not. Yeah, I would never. I wouldn't call them an ally either. I mean, they're an ad. You know, they're they're another country. He's got. He's going to do what's best for his country. And there have been atrocities. Look at Syria. I mean, he. Yep. He's no angel I, by any means, but you know, it is hard because they, 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 the media wants us to hate him. And usually, when something like that happens, you have to question, well, why? You know, so we'll, wa know. we'll, we'll watch it next, the rest of this week because uh, he uh, tweeted out uh, America first. They're going to be like, oh, see, Mattis was right. He was like, we need to get rid of America first because clearly that just mis must mean Russia first. <laughs> yeah. Um... Uh, I just, you know, I'm not uh, convinced by Putin at all. And I think that perhaps he plays it very close, like Gina Haspel. It's very hard to discern what he's really thinking. But there's a lot of contradictions here. So, um, you know, oh, um, I see Real Griff saying there are reports Parler was hacked. If you had an account there, it might be wise to change passwords. I do have something on that. Uh, Neon Revolt put this out on Gab. Aren't you glad Parler required your phone number to sign up? And this shows um, effectively all info on Parler got hacked. Disclaimer, this doesn't actually contain any personal or hacked information. It's just verification of the hack itself. I am seeing conflicting information on how much got hacked. At minimum, there was a major breach. Article on the token scene and the screenshots. For posterity, it seems like the screenshot provided is from a previous hack, but there are a number of claims surrounding an additional hack that just occurred. Uh, this guy, um, Mikhail Fallon, saying there is an unconfirmed report of Parler being hacked. The screenshot circulating of a, pa a Parler password database is old. Uh, I looked into the database leak in July and confirmed, thanks to Whiskey Neon, that it was for a site not held on the same infrastructure as the main site. And then Kevin Abrush saying, I've seen what looks like legit proof of 5,000 compromised parlor accounts, including DMs 
of some well-known figures. Hackers decompiled the app, zero-day exploit. I wish I could unsee what I've seen. Additional update, there seems to be conflicting information about the hack with among many people I've talked to. Take most claims with a grain of salt, but if there was a hack, uh, the pos there is a possibility the WP intrusion may have something to do with it. I think that's WordPress. WP, does that mean WordPress? Probably. Um, oh, Washington Post, maybe. Oh, that's possible. The thing I don't like about this, though, is I wish I could unsee what I've seen. Like, then publish it. You know, I. Mm -hmm. You know, I. I just don't know. Like, I, I. There's so much misinformation and disinformation. This is all very frustrating. We don't know what to believe anymore. Yeah, it makes it very difficult. This is where discernment is important. Um, but I have warned people about Parler for a while because look who is behind it. Look who funds it, the Mercer family. The Mercers, uh, in my opinion, are not good people at all. Um, you can do your own research on them and, and uh, why I say that. But they're also involved in uh, the Rumble uh, thing as well, that video platform. Um and uh, it, it, their things always get like propped up. They were involved with Cambridge Analytica and a lot of other shady things. Um, we'll just leave it at that. Okay, so uh, continuing here. In 2018, in further affirmation, his apparent Christianity is totally fake. He compared the mausoleum of Lenin with a Christian relic. Putin went further by comparing the communist attitudes toward the Bolshevik leader, Lenin, to the veneration of saints in Christianity. That seems like a heretical statement. Look, Lenin was put in a mausoleum. How is this different from the relics of saints for Orthodox Christians and just for Christians? Putin's words were music to the ears of Communist Party members. I think these words of the president very effectively and reasonably smooth out the acute angles around the theme of the mausoleum, Deputy Chairman of the State Duma, Ivan Melinkov, said on Sunday, as cited by Interfax. Earlier this year, uh, Gennady, I'm going to butcher this name, Zayuganov, head of the Russian Communist Party, uh, said Putin had promised him as long as he remains president, Lenin's body would remain in the mausoleum in Red Square. As long as I sit here, there will be no barbarism in Red Square. The communist chief quoted Putin as saying at a, a conference with Russian party leaders, the fundamental identity of communism is hatred of God, externalized in violence, destruction, death, and enslavement of man. As Marx said in an excerpt of his poems, I have power within my youthful arms to clench and crush you with tempestuous force. See this sword? The Prince of Darkness sold it to me. That's lovely. If there is, uh, if there is a something which devours, I'll leap within it, though I bring the world to ruins the world which bulks between me and the abyss. 
I will smash to pieces with my enduring curses. Then I will be able to walk triumphantly like a god through the ruins of their kingdom. Every word of mine is fire and action. My breast is equal to that of the creator comparing himself to God. I wish to avenge myself against the one who rules above. Stunning. So what's crazy is they think that their prince is God. They believe that the Christian religion is a fraud. They're just as passionate about their religion as we are about Christianity. They, uh. um, they believe that um, Christianity hijacked their religion and their goal and purpose is to eliminate Christians. And, you know, as you read that, it's just very clear. I mean, that's, I, I guess that's the biggest message, message that I have for people is that they, they have as much fervor and love of their religion as Christians do of theirs. And they believe that their God is the one true God. Okay. Um, this one was published in 1984, the first book, New Lies for Old. That was 1984. This is 1988. So just keep that timing in mind. Interesting. Like 1984, I just think that's funny that, you know... The well, that's, <laughs> that's the whole end of the Cold War with uh, Reagan and the wall. And so the timing of that is interesting. Yeah, that's when he defected, I guess. Um, and then I think it was compiled in 1980, published in 1984. And again, 94% correct. So that's, um, that's important. Uh, in his annual presidential address on March 1st, 2018, Putin displayed aggressive flex of Russia, i.e. Soviet, tempestuous force and fire in action. He said, quote, it is actually surprising that despite all the problems with the economy, finances and the defense industry, Russia has remained a major nuclear power. No, nobody really wanted to talk to us about the core of the problem, and nobody wanted to listen to us. So listen to us now. There's a link to that speech. For almost an hour in his speech, we see a peacock show of weaponry. Note also that the delivery aircraft for his new dagger missile system has the Soviet five-pointed red star on the tail fin, and of course, his speech was interlaced with the usual anti-Western propaganda and characterization of the United States as aggressor. So he, they're doing the same thing that they used to do in the old Soviet days, where they do these big showy military parades. They, they still have um, all these communist figures up. They're, they've got the Soviet stars on their weapon. It's like they're just showing you that it, it's still communist soviet russia it's, it's like a chinese parade or a north korea parade <laughs> yes exactly the communist show of military might was the mark of the soviets before they implemented the perestroika deception and as we see in their victory day celebrations in red square this year 
The same is true today. Note the prominent hammer and sickle emblem in the lead photo of this article. Watch the 17-minute video in reference eight. The fundamental to the whole parade was simply virulent military power. What about Russia's ally, China? We see here Karl Marx's 200th birthday as celebrated in 2018 by the Chinese regime in the forefront of President Xi Jinping, who, uh, who as with Gorbachev, has been cast in his role in deceit of his avuncular appearance. In January 2018, they conducted an ostentatious exercise in display of their military strength. Ominously, Xi Jinping stated that the military should, quote, create an elite and powerful force that is always ready for the fight, capable of combat and sure to win in order to fulfill the tasks bestowed by the party and not, and not to fear death, unquote. Anatoly Galitsyn warned that alliance between Russia and China is the final step before a communist confrontation of the West. Quote, before long, the communist strategists might be persuaded that the balance had swung irreversibly in their favor. In that event, they might well decide on a Sino-Soviet reconciliation. Think One Belt, One Road project. The element of apparent duality in Soviet and Chinese policies will disappear. The hitherto concealed coordination between the two countries will become visible and predominant. The scissors strategy would give way to the strategy of one clenched fist to provide the foundation and driving force of a world communist federation. At that point, the shift in the political and military balance would be plain for all to see. The argument for accommodation with the overwhelming strength of communism would be virtually unanswerable. It is clear we have reached this stage. Look at this. This is Xi Jinping. This is the China Communist Party. They've got Karl Marx up there, right up there. They're, it's, they're showing you. It's just in plain sight. Stunning. So breaking news. Um, apparently, 4chan has already found their location in the monolith. Of course. What? Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> now they're saying that it's been there for at least four years. What? Wow. So we'll see how that develops. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were able to find that one flag, like, based on... My from air, yeah, from star, 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 star patterns and, and, uh, and, and flight patterns. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my word. Um, okay, so uh, this is, I think, really important and stunning. We've been covering China for a while. Uh, we haven't focused on the Russian aspect to that, except when I talk about One Belt, One Road. That also ties in Iran and Israel. Both of them are signed up for Belt and Road. 
So you guys need to consider that a lot of the things that you believe to be true aren't true and are false. And was specifically put out there uh, as disinformation and to confuse people from what is really going on here. Look at all the countries that have signed up for the Belt and Road Project and you will understand that they're all working together. We've looked at the map of the new Silk Road um, and look at all the people that have signed up. It's basically everybody except the United States. So that's disturbing. Um, so September 2018, Russia has launched what it has called its largest ever military drills with hundreds of thousands of troops joining Chinese soldiers. Also remember Hillary Clinton's Russia reset, Skoltovo, where she's giving technology to Russia's Silicon Valley or their version of it. Remember Uranium One. Why is she giving Russia all of our uranium? Well, in preparation for this, she knew what they were planning and she was part of it. Hillary was always a communist, so that's not surprising. Um, taking part in the drills are around 300,000 Russian uh, soldiers, 36,000 military vehicles, 80 ships, and 1,000 aircraft, helicopter, and drones, as well as 3,500 Chinese troops. Now, June 2019, Putin hails unprecedented relationship with China's Xi Jinping. Xi and Russian President Vladimir Putin praised their country's ties during talks at the Kremlin as Russia and China seek to shore up cooperation amid the shared tensions with the United States. President Putin is, for me, a best friend, Xi Jinping told journalists. Wow. Wow. Um, for those hoodwinked that Putin is a virtuous Christian, then this falsehood is annulled in evidence above. His pretense of apparent Christianity is faked to deceive the West, concomitant with the strategy to denigrate the West as evil and exalt the East in virtue and self-justification for their pending attack on the West. Note there was no mention of God in his 2018 presidential address, only a display of hard military power for his communist audience, who in some cases exhibited visions of exaltation as Putin unveiled the new power of the Soviet fist. This is their first measure of national pride. The East good, West bad propaganda strategy has been revealed by Putin's close confidant, Alexander Dugan. I've talked about Dugan before. Uh, everybody remember that episode? Um, that was one of the things that, uh, that was like right before YouTube took our channel down. It was like right after I talked about Dugan, of whom we should note, was condemned by the Russian Orthodox Church as a disciple of the Satanist Aleister Crowley. The Russian Orthodox Church has called Dugan a Crowleyist. It has also been admitted by Margarita Simonian, who is the head of the media propaganda organ RT. 
the truth of Putin is exposed by sacred scripture. Quote, for such false apostles are deceitful workmen, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transformeth himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers be transformed as the ministers of justice, uh, whose end shall be according to their works. 2 Corinthians 11, 13 through 15. Indeed, Putin as chief administrator of the perestroika deception stands ready to destroy 5,000 years of Western civilization and take billions of lives. He is an antichrist of the first grade and an acolyte of the communist Saint Lenin. As the Hungarian communist Laszlo Lakos Kellner wrote in the poem, The New Christ Has Arrived, Lenin, Lenin, Gorbachev stated in the speech on the 15th of November, 1989, six days after the fall of the Berlin Wall. We are for Lenin, who is alive. In order to achieve this, the Communist Party of the Soviet Union returns to the origins and principles of the Bolshevik Revolution, to the Leninist ideas about the construction of a new society. Well, the new society they intend is technocratic communist enslavement for the entire world. As Anatoly Galitsyn said, quote, in the new worldwide communist federation, the present different brands of communism would disappear to be replaced by a uniform, rigorous brand of Leninism. So help us, God. Uh, in part two, we examine the East strategy of conquest for the West. So that's interesting, I think. And now I want to get into uh, the actual books themselves. This is New Lies for Old an ex-KGB officer warns how communist deception threatens the survival of the West. The communist strategy for deception and disinformation. Um, so he goes into part one, two methodologies. The problems facing Western analysts. This is the, the issue. Disinformation constantly put out. They had an iron curtain. Um, and it was always, they were always putting out disinformation. Uh, and they, I don't think they had a full understanding of just how much disinformation was being put out. The patterns of disinformation, weakness and evolution. The patterns of disinformation, facade and strength. Transition, uh, the um, misrepre misrepresentation of de-Stalinization anti-communism, anti-Stalinism, de-Stalinization in practice, improvised de-Stalinization from 53 to 56, re-Stalinization, um, new policy and disinformation strategy, the disadvantages of apparent unity, the advantages of apparent disunity. So this is how they're making it look like they are weak, like the Soviet Union fell, that was a lie. Um, let's continue going through this. This is just going through the table of contents here. It's kind of hard to understand just the way that this is written. Um, but this talks about the Sino-Soviet split that never actually occurred. This was a lie. That is the fourth disinformation operation, pretending that China and Russia split. 
Of course they didn't. They're both communist countries. That's silliness. Fifth disinfo operation, Romanian independence. Sixth disinformation operation, alleged recurrence of power struggles in the Soviet, Chinese, and other parties. Again, all a lie. Seventh disinformation operation, democratization in Czechoslovakia. The second disinfo operation, the evolution of the Soviet regime, part two, the dissident movement. The eighth disinformation operation, continuing Euro-communist contacts with the Soviets, the new interpretation of Euro-communism. The role of disinformation in intelligence potential and the realization of the communist strategies. Sino Soviet disinformation and the Cultural Revolution. <laughs> the evidence of overall coordination between communist governments and parties. This is around the world. Um, summit meetings, coordination through diplomatic channels, bilateral coordination within the bloc, coordination between uh, Eastern Bloc and non bloc parties. The impact of the disinformation program, the shaping of Western assessments of the communist world. That was the most important thing, shaping our perception of them. The effect of Western policy formation, the practical effects on Western policies. Part three, the final phase in Western counter strategy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to make of all this. I just, uh, I'm just overwhelmed with misinformation and disinformation. And I, I, I'm so neutral on the entire subject. I don't know. I don't, you don't know who to trust or who to believe or, you know, if I was a defector of Russia, I would probably write a book making these claims about Putin. But then again, they could very well be 100% accurate. I just don't know. Yeah, well, exactly. But I think it's, you know, if it's been 94% accurate and we can kind of see these things happening, that kind of lends credence to it. I mean, we also look at Yuri Bezmenov and see the same thing where he was saying they need like one to two generations to, um, destabilize the West and to, to teach, like to raise these kids in these schools with Marxist, Leninist, Stalinist ideology um, and, you know, not having a counterbalance of like American history or patriotism to, um, you know, demoralize the entire country. And look what we see now, a country on the verge of potentially a civil war, very divided. That's part of a designed divide and conquer strategy. We also see China being more aggressive. Uh, they've been moving their naval vessels around. They've been uh, encroaching on the South China Sea. They took Hong Kong, Taiwan will be next. They're being aggressive for a reason. And I think this is part of it. Um, now, uh, this is the foreword for uh, New Lies for Old, and I recommend reading these because I think it provides a good perspective. Um, 
Very rarely, disclosures of information from behind the Iron Curtain throw new light on the roots of communist thought in action and challenge accepted notions on the operation of the communist system. We believe this book does both of these things. It is nothing if not controversial. It rejects conventional views on subjects ranging from Khrushchev's overthrow to Tito's revisionism, from uh, dubbed sex liberalism to C-Sal's independence, and from the dissident movement to the Sino-Soviet split. The author's analysis has many obvious implications for Western policy. It will not be readily accepted by those who have for long been committed to opposing points of view. But we believe that the debate is likely to provoke will lead to a deeper understanding of the nature of the threat from international communism and perhaps a firmer determination to resist. The author's services to the party and KGB and the unusually long periods he spent in study, mainly in the KGB, but also in the University of Marxism-Leninism, the diplomatic school, make the author uniquely well-qualified as a citizen of the West to write about subjects covered in this book. He was born near Poltva in the Ukraine in 1926. He was thus brought up as a member of the post-revolutionary generation. From 1933 onward, he lived in Moscow. He joined the communist youth movement, Komsomol, at the age of just 15 when he was a cadet in military school. He became a member of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union in 1945, while studying at the artillery school for officers at Odessa. In the same year, he entered military counterintelligence. On graduation from the Moscow School of Military Counter-Espionage in 46, he joined the Soviet Intelligence Service. While working in its headquarters, he attended evening classes at the University of Marxism-Leninism, from which he graduated in 48. From 48 to 50, he studied in the counterintelligence faculty of the High Intelligence School. Between 49 and 52, he completed a corresponding course of the High Diplomatic School. In 52 and early 53, he was involved with a friend in drawing up a proposal to the Central Committee on the reorganization of Soviet intelligence. The proposal included suggestions on strengthening of counterintelligence, on the wider use of satellite intelligence services, and the reintroduction of the activist style, quote unquote, into intelligence work. In connection with this proposal, he attended a meeting of the secretariat chaired by Stalin in a meeting of the presidium chaired by Malenkov, attended by Khrushchev, Brezhnev, and Bulganin. For three months, in 52 to 3, the author worked as head of the section in the Department of the Soviet Intel Services, responsible for counter-espionage against the U.S. In 53, he was posted to Vienna, where he served for two years undercover as a member of the apparat of the Soviet High Commission. For the first year, he worked against Russian emigres and for the second against British intelligence. In 54, he was elected to be a deputy secretary of the party organization in the KGB residency in Vienna, uh, numbering 70 officers. On return to Moscow, he attended the KGB Institute, now KGB Academy, as a full-time student for four years, graduating from there with a law degree in 59. 
As a student of the Institute and party member, he was well-placed to follow the power struggle and Soviet leadership that was reflected in secret party letters, briefings, and conferences from 59 to 60, at a time when new long-range policy for the bloc was being formulated and the KGB was being reorganized to play its part, he served as a senior analyst in the NATO section of the Information Department of Soviet Intelligence Services. He was then transferred to Finland, where he worked undercover as vice counsel in the Soviet embassy in Helsinki. He worked on counter-intel matters until his break with the regime in December 1961. By 56, he was already beginning to be disillusioned with the Soviet system. The Hungarian events of that year intensified his disaffection. He concluded the only practical way to fight the regime was from abroad, and that armed with his inside knowledge of the KGB, he'd be able to do so effectively. Having reached his decision, he began systematically to elicit and commit to memory information he thought would be relevant and valuable to the West. The adoption of the new, aggressive, long-range communist policy precipitated his decision to break with the regime. He felt that the necessity of warning the West of the new dimensions of the threat it was facing justified him in abandoning his country and facing the personal sacrifices involved. His break with the regime was a deliberate and long premeditated political act. Immediately on his arrival to the U.S., he sought to convey a warning to the highest authorities in the U.S. government on the new political dangers to the Western world stemming from the harnessing of all political resources of the communist bloc, including its intelligence and security services into the new long-range policy. This is what he says the long-range policy is, that it eventually culminates in this uh, world communist takeover where Russia and China make their move against the West. One Belt, One Road seems to indicate that he is correct in this assessment. And we can see that happening right now, today. We can see Putin and Xi Jinping working closely together. Um, we know what countries have signed on to that. It is disturbing, to say the least. Um, continuing, let's just kind of go forward. I don't want to spend time reading this, but he's basically saying that we, we're being given deliberate disinformation, you know, it follows kind of Sun Tzu's art of war, right? Like appear weak when you are strong, appear strong when you are weak. Uh, it goes with that, right? Um, now this one, the perestroika deception, this is the one that is most relevant, the second October revolution. Um, let me zoom in a bit here. This he gave to the CIA. This was his memo to the CIA to basically try to warn them of what he saw uh, as what this long-range strategy of deception and disinformation that was being waged against the West that he felt they did not understand and weren't taking seriously. Um, this uh, reiterates a lot of the stuff that we had just read. Um, uh, he, in 1980, completed an 84 published New Lies for Old, a study of the Soviet long-range strategy of deception and disinformation. 
For 30 years, the author submitted memorandums to the CIA in which he provided the agency with timely and largely accurate forecasts of Soviet bloc developments and the evolution of Soviet-Russian communist strategy. By applying the dialectical methodology which drives their strategy, the author has been able to score innumerable bullseyes. This unparalleled track record reflects the author's personal experience of four years in the KGB's strategy think tank, together with his deep understanding of the dialectical nature of the strategy and the Leninist mentality of its originators. Dialectic, this is important. I have covered the sinister dialectic, and I've talked about how they like to play both sides. They have a left hand and a right hand. You know, I've talked about how they have Soros on the left, Kissinger on the right. It, this is how they do it. I mean, they just control these different movements. They want to control the opposition, essentially. And they co-opt things and they steer it into little silos, right? That's that's what's so frustrating about it, though, is that, like, I, okay, I learned my lesson with Corsi and Alex Jones. That was my big lesson, okay? So even if they tell you 99% of the truth, 1% could be false, which that 1% could be very minor, but it could lead you down the wrong path. And I... I mean, we're talking information warfare here. So we're talking about people defecting from a country saying, oh, I want to bring this information to you uh, because I think you're missing a point or whatever. So I'm like so paranoid now <laughs> of all information that I just, I mean, I have to keep so neutral minded. I, I guess that's what I've done is that I've just kept myself in this neutral category because I don't know. I, I can tell you one thing for sure. Communism is evil. It's Luciferian. That yep. I can say with pure certainty. The fact of China and Russia combining forces to go against the United States, that would not surprise me whatsoever at all. That yeah. would not surprise me. Um, from there, though, you know, I mean, it, it gets complicated, though. I am not an intelligence officer. <laughs> I don't have, you know, the inside scoop. I have to take other people's word for it. It's just, um, you know, it's very, we're in a very difficult time right now. We we're, we have too much information and well, not enough one, of the truth, you know. That is one point. Part of the strategy here is information overkill, where they're constantly yeah. putting out false leads, disinformation, misinformation. You're just inundated with crap all the time. And what comment I will make on this is the Bible, the gospel. Reading the Bible, studying scripture, gives you that discernment. You, there is no other answer except that. It is Jesus. Jesus, following his scripture, the gospel, constantly reading scripture, prayer, that is what gives you eyes to see and ears to hear and, um, you know, the, the ability to kind of See, you have to understand and put this information into that perspective. If you don't have the foundation of Christ, you cannot understand what's happening in the world. You will fall for things and for the lies and stuff. It even says in the Bible that the day will come 
where even the elect will be deceived, meaning even, um, you know, priests or uh, the holy people, even the elect will be deceived if possible. And it talks about a coming great deception. So I think that with everything, you have to take it with a grain of salt. You have to use your discernment and be smart. But this is something that I think has definite historical re uh, relevance relevance and um but you do have to consider too that they sent these people that it could be that they sent them to defect for a reason yuri right. this gentleman however i will say anatoly did not get nearly the kind of um publicity that yuri Bezmenov did where he kind of did these shows and stuff talking about the things that he witnessed I, I've never heard. They of could this have been running either. for their lives, you know. I mean, yeah. we don't know. That's the hard part about it. But to your point, though, you know, the scripture is, you know, take heed that no man deceive you. So I think that is another reason why I stay so middle of the road there, where I just I'm I don't want to be taken down that wrong path. I don't I don't want to be fed lies and and have it be my doctrine you know what i mean i want to make sure that i stay in the middle there so very good information very uh deep analysis and something to give thought to um and hopefully <laughs> they won't achieve their mission you know just keep praying that they won't because uh it is quite frightening yeah and either way this is fantastic historical analysis it's very interesting to hear even to read like this perspective of somebody who was part of the Soviet Union, they you have to you can't deny that they have a far um, far more advanced understanding of that mindset because they were in that mindset. Right. Yeah. So, so they saw are, it with their own eyes. Right. Yeah. There are things about like the Soviet Union that they know that like we'll never be able to understand because we never witnessed it and also because our own media is so dishonest there is that one guy walter duranti from the new york times who lied about the crimes of the soviets um you know i think this was back in like world war one he was covering up their crimes <sighs> it's yeah it's upsetting this is the one, though, that is the most important out of the two books. Uh, I recommend if you're, if you're just going to read one, read The Perestroika Deception, because this talks about basically communism's grand strategy. And it does seem to line up with a lot of things that are happening now. Either way, I don't think you can, I don't see that there's harm that comes from reading this stuff. If anything, you're going to learn how to filter disinformation and you'll learn how to develop proper discernment but you do also have to have your foundation in christ and scripture oh, that's a good point you should definitely read it and study it and learn everything that you can so that you can identify when something doesn't sound right or doesn't doesn't feel right oh. all right well i'm getting out of the way because i think uh is it time for another show or is this a long one yeah Okay. Uh, wait, <laughs> All right. Wait, what day is it? No, it's Tuesday. That's <laughs> <Yes>, Thursday. <laughs> All right. I'm getting out of the way. Great show, Radix. We'll see you later. Bye. Are they in well, here yet? I don't think they're in here yet. If they're not in okay. here, can you pull up what I put it in Zoom?
Um, yeah. It's a little bit of a meme. Um, so there's a link in there. Started at about 50 seconds because the rest okay. of it was kind of just not really. <laughs> okay. Let's find 50 seconds. All right. Here we go. Oh, wait. I, I'm sorry. I turned down the, the volume. Keep you waiting, complicated business. <laughs> Silent breed is <laughs> that was great. <laughs> if you if you I, I'm sure a lot of people have actually seen that before. That's actually a, a very famous piece of uh, nature documentary footage, if I recall. Oh wow. Oh you know what? I'm sorry. I forgot Mo is running late tonight. Um that's right. I may be we may be covering for Mo. Uh, so we might as well keep going. I totally forgot that she had said that. I know she said she was going to try to make it back, but that she may not. So let's continue here then. Um, this is a quote from the book, quoting Sun Tzu. All warfare is based on deception. Therefore, when capable, feign incapacity. When active, inactivity. When near, make it appear that you are far away. When far away, that you are near. Offer the enemy a bait to lure him. Feign disorder and strike him. When he concentrates, prepare against him. Where he is strong, avoid him. Anger his general and can 